0: Welcome to Word of Grace, a local assembly in the Berkshires. Thank you for joining us for this time in the Word. John chapter 13, beautiful prayer, uh, Myron, uh, especially about uh, about the love of God, how much He loves us. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a key thing of what we want to speak on tonight. So John chapter 13, verse 1, this is what it says now. Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, what a thing to understand. He knows his hour has come. Where he is going to, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him to be the sin sacrifice us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So He knows He's going to the cross. He's facing it. He's looking at it. He knows His hour has come that He should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. It's very interesting. Jesus has made a beautiful statement in Revelation 1 verse 8. He said that I am the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's our beginning and we just begin to know how much He loves us. And in that beginning and in that path He directs us The end, and the end is Him. He's our end. He is going to be, He is now, but He's going to be our unending love. He Himself. So He loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. He knows all of this is going on. Yet what's the key thing that's on his heart? He's loving us. Already in the beginning of his love, he's bringing us to the end, to himself. So he's loving us right into himself To end us in a love that doesn't end. Eternal love. He is the eternal love of God for us. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Can you imagine? What would we do if everything was given into our hands by God? Let's see what he did. And that he was come from God. Think of it. He came from God, being in his deity God himself. (laughs) And he went to God. He came from God as the Son of God. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us, for unto us a child was born. Think of that. Unto us a child was born, and that child was born so that a son could be given. He was speaking that to the nation of Israel, where it says that the government, the weight of all their responsibility, would be upon his shoulders. Because God designed his shoulders to bear every single thing that you and I cannot bear. The only thing He wants us to bear, in this sense, and to receive, is the beginning of His love that continually brings us to the end of who He is. That's what He wants to do. And that's what He's going to teach us. So, in John 13, He came from God as the Son. But he knew that he was going to go back to God as the Son of Man. He always was the Son of God. He always is in that sense. How do you speak someone that never had a beginning? He is the Son of God. But he became, in John 1, verse 14, the Son of Man. He put on humanity. And he went, it says, to God. And when he went there, We went with him in his incredible love for us as he sits there at the right hand of the Father in Psalm 110 verse 1 representing every single one of us in the intimate communion that the Father and Son have about you and I in him to his Father's complete satisfaction, joy, and rest. So he was from God and went to God. Then he rose from supper. And this is a beautiful picture. He rose from supper. Then it says he laid aside his garments. This is a beautiful picture of Christ. He never, and by the way, he never laid aside his deity. can't cease to be who he is, even in humanity. Perfect humanity in Hebrews 4, verse 15. Yet without sin. The Greek is yet without a sin nature. But here he is. And he laid aside his garments. That's a picture of him. Can you imagine? In Philippians 2, verse 6. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, really, the Greek says he didn't consider it... His glory to be something to be grasped and held at all times. But he laid it aside. That's what this is a picture of. He laid aside the outward, the beautiful manifestation. Of course, it was never laid aside inwardly. But he laid aside it outwardly. He laid aside his garments and he took a towel. And that's a picture of him as he takes on humanity. Yeah, it's not a shame in Hebrews 2, verse 11, to call us brethren. He came from God, being God, and he went back to God. A beautiful picture that when God became a man, he became a man forever. Forever, perfect identification with us forever to take a body on himself to serve us forever. Because his love never fails or changes. So he took a towel and girded himself. He laid aside this outward glory and he took on humanity. Isaiah 53, 2 and 3 said, there's no beauty in him that we would desire. Why? He laid it aside. The Hebrew brings it out very clearly. He was not a very good-looking man. There was nothing outwardly that would attract you to him. But yet John would say, We did behold his glory. And we knew him as the only begotten Son. And that glory that it shined out in the fullness of grace and truth. And after, it says, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. This is a picture of course, feet. It always speaks of our walk. And here we are on this earth where we walk. Our whole body has been cleansed once we receive Christ. We were, in Titus 3, verse 5, washed by the washing of regeneration. And that happens once. That happens once. We're clean all the way. Except when we walk down here, though, our feet get dirty. We fail. We are like those that have gone on, that are part of the body of Christ, that have gone on to be with Him in heaven. We have been delivered from the power of sin. You may not think so, but it's very clear. We have been delivered from the power of sin. We don't have to sin. 1 John 2, 1 and 2, My little children see that you sin not. The Greek really says you don't have to sin. But if any man does choose to sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the righteous. And in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, He is our righteousness. So He's free to clean. to, To clean our feet, our walk. And it's very interesting why he wants to do that. And then it says this. He began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And this is a beautiful picture of Christ. And he stoops. <laughs> he is God in a human body. He's God. He's very God. But he's very man. And yet he stoops to wash our feet. He stoops to perform a service that only he can do. He wants our feet clean. He he desires it so much that yes, it's true that he, in the negative sense, wants to remove that defilement. But the positive sense is incredible because as much as you and I get joy To be able to fellowship with him where he is. His joy is even greater than ours. His desire and joy to have us so near to him so that he can fellowship with us. And that he can communicate in his love for us his amazing grace and truth about who he is in us and who we are in him. He has a greater joy than you and I. That's how much He desires us. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 7. You're all fair, my love. My love, it says, you are all fair. You are beautiful and precious, my love. There is no blemish in you. You want to know how God sees us? Do you want to know how He sees us every single moment? In the perfection of His love? That was poured out. There's perfect humanity. I think it's beautiful when we consider that. In Colossians 1. <clears throat> verse 27. We have Christ in us. The hope. The guarantee. Of glory. And he wants to communicate that to us. In inexpressible joy. And love continually. And he wants us right where
1: he is, so he can
0: continually communicate the truth of who he is in us and who we are in him. What keeps us? If there has been through all church history, as I've studied it and read it and seen it in my own life and in so many other lives of those that are his And remember, in Song of Solomon 7, verse 10, his desire is toward us. Think about that. If we have desires to be with him, to be with him where he is in his presence, because you know, in his presence, in Psalm 16, verse 11, there is the fullness of joy. And that's the first effect of the communication of His love to us. We get tremendous joy in His presence. A lot of times we can't stay there. If there was anything, there's so much Christian activity and a lot of positive activity too. In people's lives, Christians' lives, are so busy, busy. And could be, it could be, that the busyness is to fill up the thing that they don't experience, and that is called rest. There can't be any rest. If there be anything between us and Him, between us and Him communicating the beauty of His love to us, we can't rest. You see the picture, how John... But always lay his head on Jesus' breast. He could rest there. He could rest there. And that's the place where God wants us. Because that is the place where God the Father is resting. Zephaniah 3, verse 17. He rests silently satisfied in his love. And Colossians 1.13 calls it the son of his love. That's the place where He always calls us to. So many are so busy. So many are, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so many are active. But do we experience the rest that comes from Him cleansing us and communicating to us His unbelievable love for us? Because the reality is, is that God is for us. He's for who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. What a beautiful thing it is to think about tonight. He doesn't want any distance between us and him. Because when there's distance between us and him being able to communicate his love to us, we cannot rest there cannot be rest. We can be busy. And it's not that he doesn't love us. Because even when we're at a distance, does his love ever fail in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8? Never. He cannot fail to be who he is towards us. He can't. And he does love us. But that distance comes in where we can't experience the communication of who He says we are in Him and His love. And that's the place we cannot rest. When we can't rest, some of the things that we do, oh boy, the price we have to pay and the price that others have to pay in our presence. Is there any condemnation in His love for us? Romans 8 verse 1, there isn't any. There's none whatsoever. So not only does he want to wash our feet to cleanse us, because we need that cleansing. James 4, 8. <clears throat> draw nigh to God. Don't try and change it. He doesn't want us to change ourselves we're already changed into His image. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, we already are. We already are everything that God wanted us to be in Him. The thing that He wants to cleanse is what comes in between the truth of that and His desire to constantly communicate that to us and the expression of His love for us. Because in His love, He is for us. And there's never a time when he's not for us. But distance comes in between. And then then not only does he want to cleanse us from all defilement, but think about this part of it. And boy, I'll tell you. He anticipates what could happen to us. And in that anticipation... In that anticipation, so many things come into our life and this could be the answer to a lot of whys that we have. Why does this go on? Why the pain? Why the sorrow? Why the suffering? Why all these things? And it could be, not that we have failed, but he's anticipating it, trying through what he's uh, trying to do in us to keep it from happening. Remember the, the story, the truth of Paul in Second Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, especially those first three or four verses. He said he knew a man. Then it's very interesting. Read it, what it says. He said, "I knew a man in Christ. Uh-huh. He knew himself." presence of God. The only way we can know that is who we are in Christ and who he is in us. He said, I know a man whether in the body or out of the body could have been when he was stoned. You see that in the book of Acts. There's many different things. But the fact of the matter is, he said, whether in the body or out, I don't know. All I know is I was in the third heaven and I heard things that are unutterable. I couldn't even put a In human words. And some things I could. I wasn't allowed to at this point. I wasn't allowed to. But he was given these incredible revelations. And God anticipating the possibility of what he could do. Because like Paul. And Paul like us. Had his flesh in him. And even though the flesh wasn't active in him, the potential was there. The potential for him raising himself up, lest he should glory, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, beyond measure, because of these revelations that were given to him, a thorn was given to him. That thorn was to keep him close. Close to Christ. You know how many times we would have strayed? And God will reveal it to us too. And seriously, in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we do see through a glass darkly. For now, everything about our life is absolute dependence upon God's Word. But then it says face to face. And when we see Him face to face, He will that face as it looks at us, will answer every single why. We will understand every pain, every sorrow, and we will thank Him. We've said before, we will thank God more for, our, for our unanswered prayer than we will for answered prayer. What we desired. And we will see that it was the anticipation of His incredible love for us that allowed these things to happen so that they couldn't come in and create distance between us and Him. He had to wash their feet. He has to wash our feet because He loves us. And again, we said, if we think we have a desire and a joy to be with Him in His presence, how much more does He desire us to be in His presence, so He can communicate to us just how much He loves us. See, everything that we desire, all the value we desire is in Him. And He does not want distance between us, so He can continually communicate that to us. There's nothing like knowing. It's one thing. Well, 1 John 3.18 says this, Love not in word or in tongue, but in deed Mm -hmm. and in truth. Not what I say that proves my love. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's what I do. And what has He done for us? And what does He desire still to do through what He's already done for us? Draw near to Him. Draw nigh to God. Draw draw near to God. Result. And He will draw near to you. Could we get any nearer to God the Father than being in the very Son of His love? Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. You see what the verse is saying? Do you need your hands cleansed? Do you need your heart purified? Then you have to draw near. The only way to draw near to the Father is through the
1: Son. You have to let him take your feet,
0: our dirty feet. We have to allow him to take our dirty feet in his hands and clean them. Because that's the action of his love. That's him expressing the value that's in himself for us, towards us, and communicating it to us. He doesn't want to think. See, there would never be anything between us and another person. Even if it wasn't our fault, there would be nothing between us. If our feet were in his hands. But do we fight that? Do we say like Peter, oh no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. Don't, you cannot wash my feet. They're, you know, oh no, I wouldn't have you do that. When in Matthew 20, 28, in Mark 10, verse 45, he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And what does it say? And to give. Give. When he cleanses our feet, what's he doing? He's giving us our love. He's giving the value that's in himself to us. Right? Our hands dirty, our feet dirty, are we double-minded? That's the time to draw near. <clears throat> it's not the time to withdraw. Because if we withdraw and there's distance created between us, if there's unresolved anger inside of us and please rem- remember that in Hebrews 12:15 it talks about a root of bitterness and bitterness literally this is what bitterness means <clears throat> when the person that i am so angry with i can no longer direct that anger towards them the anger turns inward and i become bitter and then it says Many are defiled. Why? I won't put my feet in his loving hands. There's no condemnation, by the way. When he cleans our feet, there's no condemnation because we're in him. None. There's no, he, he's removing it from our sight. <laughs> because we're all fair. He is washing us. That's what the water spoke of, by the way. Water, always, all through the Bible, speaks of the Word of God. And let me say, who is the Word of God? It's Jesus Christ Himself. Hebrews 4, verse 12. The Word of God is living. He's Who is the Word of God? It's Christ Himself. He is a life-giving force. He is our life. Colossians 3, verse 4. The Word of God is living, and it's sharper than any 2 edged sword, piercing even asunder. What? The soul from the Spirit. Self-conscious living from God-conscious living. God-conscious living is God, through His Son, communicating how much He loves us continually. And it doesn't stop. But distance comes in between us. It's distance. Self-conscious, God-conscious, comes in and separates the soul from the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a critic of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Lovingly. Speaking truth to us. It's Christ himself who is the word of God who comes in and wants to perform surgery on us to cut off the root of bitterness that not only defiles us but many when all we have to do is place our feet in his hands. We're already cleansed all over. He's already our perfect righteousness. He just wants to remove that distance. And then you know what he wants us to be? As we receive that love, we begin to express that joy. We have an amazing peace. This gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperate self-control. We become, in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3, That living epistle. He not only wants to fill us. He wants it to overflow. His love. He wants to fill us continually. With his love for us. A continual. Cleansing. A continual anticipation. Of anything that could harm us. We just take a continual. It's like taking a continual shower. This continually being clean. He washes it in, in Ephesians 5, verse 26. He washes it. In the same sense, the husband. Ephesians 5, 25. Love your wives like Christ loved the church. How did he do it? How does he love us? He continually washes us. He continually can just keeps washing us. That's right, we wash. And then the church or the wife, we the church is always in is always in the feminine in the Greek. We are always to be in the place to receive. He is more interested, Christ is more interested in ministering to us than he is interested in us ministering to Him. He is more interested in you and I living in the activity of His love than you and I being active for Him. Much more. So It's not even close. That's how much He desires us. He wants to remove distance. Listen, if there's an issue between a husband and a wife, a parent and a child, It only takes one to put their feet in Jesus' hands. That's all it takes. But is there resistance? Their, Their resistance will be measured by the lack of rest. There won't be any rest. He has to cleanse us because He so wants to communicate the depth of His love for us. And in the depth of that love, there is the most incredible Rest, And we experience His rest, His completeness, and His satisfaction in us. So, Father, thank You for Your Word tonight. We just pray You just bless us with it. We thank You, Father, that in Christ there's no condemnation. But when we live in distance, we make ourselves pray to that that would condemn us. And in that, the measure measure of that distance will be the measure of the lack of rest that we experience. And you desire us more than anything, more than us trying to do anything or doing anything. You desire so much for us to rest our head On Jesus. And that happens through the word. The Holy Spirit takes the things of Christ. In John 16, 13 and 14. And he guides us into all truth. And the truth of his love. Continually cleanses us. Protects us. And anticipates. Not only cleans what what we have done but keeps us back in anticipation from what we could do. And that's how much you love us, Lord. So we thank you for your tremendous love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in. We hope you were blessed and God was glorified. Feel free to go to our
1: website at awordofgrace.org for daily posts and teachings.